going to ask you to look in the Gospel of Luke. In the Gospel of Luke, we have Matthew, Mark, Barnabas. Oh, you didn't know that one was there. I heard a Bible story where Noah was actually talking to Jesus, and they were with Moses in, 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 in the holy mountain. But... Um, no, that is a way of actually Moses talking to Jesus. You know, it's either you don't know your Bible or, or it is a way of, of uh, and if people believe the paragraph that you read about all these characters speaking with one another and Moses talking to, to Elijah and moving along to conquer the Romans, you know, people who don't know the Bible, they believe that stuff. They would. They think you're telling the truth. Chapter 6 in Luke. Now, this is the Sermon on the Valley. How many of you know the Sermon on the Valley? You don't? How many of you know the Sermon on the Mount? Well, guess what? This is not the same one, but it says similar stuff. There are two ways of approaching this great apparent contradiction. Because in Matthew, the verse begins in chapter 5 of Matthew, and the Lord Jesus went up to a mountain and sat with his disciples to speak. And he said, blessed are, okay? Luke begins the chapter with, and Jesus went to a level plain and sat with his disciples to speak about. There are three ways of dealing with this apparent contradiction or apparent conflict, and I like them all because they all can explain one way or the other. One of them says that it is two different sermons. It is known that Jesus repeated his sermons over and over, and therefore we do know that this may have been one of different kind the same message as in Matthew, but preached differently because there are some differences to a different crowd, and Luke picks up on that one. The other version is that in the hill, as Jesus in Matthew goes up to the hill, he found a plateau, a flat place in the hill. Do we know those places, flat places in the hill? Like our parking lot, which is on the upper level. And therefore, Matthew records as he just went up, and Luke then records as he just sat down in the valley. The other idea, this is the one I like, is that Jesus may have begun the same sermon of Matthew and Luke in top of the mountain, and as he moved along the crowd, as he used to speak, moving along and with the crowd, he may have begun up on top of the mountain, and he may have finished down in the valley. It's a possibility. What's the issue? The sermon was preached. The truths are there. The differences are fun to explore and to discuss. But the, we, we catch the sermon on, on the level plane in the Gospel of Luke. We catch it in verse 32. So please join me in Luke 6, verse 32, and we will finish with verse 38. Listen for the word of the Lord. If you love only those who love you, why should you get any credit for that? Because even sinners love their own whom they love. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get any credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. 
do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be paid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Do not judge others, and you will not be be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will come back against you. Forgive others, and then you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together. Make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. This is the word of the Lord. I am sharing with you a very short uh, mini-series about generosity, and I call it radical generosity, the God kind. And last week, we explored a little bit about how God expressed God's own generosity with nature, and we discovered and discussed about the 40 kinds of peaches, we discovered about the 900 kinds of of, uh, orchids in nature, and when we got to one scary statistic, guys, listen to this one. There are as many insects today, critters, There are as many insects today as there have been people on the earth throughout its history. Just today, as many insects as there have been throughout history. Scary enough, huh? Keep them away. But you see, that is the kind of abundance, that is the kind of creation that God has done. And we discovered, as we were talking about God's generosity in nature, we actually stumble into the amazing truth that God's nature is generous. That what makes God God is his generosity. That God is a giver, not a? God is a giver, not a? We discover that. That God is a giver, not a taker. We discover that the kind of love in which God gives is a love that is unmeasured. It is a love that is abundant. It is a giving and it is a generosity that has is unrestrained. And that's what we found out last week. How many of you ever seen the candid camera? You're dating yourselves. Because when I came to the scene to watch candid camera, it was no longer the original candid camera with Alan Font, but it was the bloopers of candid camera. It was the other incidents of candid camera where we were reviewing the candid camera incidents. But I remember one day, Alan Font decided to do this, ex- this, ex- this experiment with kids. And every time he experimented with kids, Alan Font lost. Right? Remember that? So years ago, he decided to do an experiment with generosity in children. And he went ahead and asked the children uh, uh, in a room, and in the other room, he placed a plate with delicious, crumptious chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip cookies, you see? But, but the cookies were all small, but one of them was very large. So one by one, the kids went into the room, and they were told that you can take one of the cookies if you would like. And of course, all of the kids took the big cookie. We didn't even have to guess, right? 
One boy was challenged as to why did he take the big cookie, and Alan Funt actually asked him, you know, I, I, I would have left you have the large cookie. All you left me was the little cookies, but I would have given you the large one. The little kid, without even thinking, he replied, well, mister, you got the one you wanted. And it is like that. Sometimes we actually get what we want, and sometimes we don't. However, God's character is of a giver. God loves to give. And the way that God gives and the way God displays his, this radical giving is extravagant, abundant, unrestrained, outrageous, exorbitant, and even, even sometimes too much. But today, I want to share with you very briefly about the, the person who got sent to our earth. Who was he? Jesus. We call him what? Emmanuel. Because Emmanuel is God with us. God hanging around the earth. God coming down to the earth, becoming flesh and blood. Not living as an alien, though history too wants to make him an alien. Have you seen those shows? They're reinterpreting every supernatural thing that happened in the world now is due to aliens. Watch it. It's fascinating. You get scared if you believe that stuff. You see? But, but, but Jesus comes to earth, and Jesus, we find that Jesus is also a giver, not a taker. Because Jesus is what? The manifestation. Jesus is the full prediction. Jesus is the full embodiment of God here in earth. So then Jesus becomes a giver and not a taker. However, Jesus speaks about generosity in many different ways. Do, I was trying to wreck my brains. I did not go online for this one. But do we have any memory of any incidents in which Jesus gave money to somebody? I'm going to look at my... When? He gave the tax. That's not giving. That's pain. <laughs> I'm talking about giving. <laughs> that he was going to, he had to. <laughs> that was kind of forced. All right? So, yeah, he did. And he, and he told, go into and you'll find the coin in the mouth of the fish and you can pay. Any incident where Jesus gave money to alms to somebody? Who was at the other temple begging? I don't remember that. So Jesus didn't give that way. Interesting. Jesus never gave an alm that we know of. Maybe he did, but that we know of. He never gave an offering that we know of, but maybe he did. You see, because Jesus was not a taker, and Jesus did not live a life of somebody who gave. Jesus gave his life. That's the big difference. Jesus did not live a life of a giver. Jesus gave his life. So Jesus speaks to us about generosity. Actually, of the 29 parables that are in Scripture, 16 have to do with money. Out of the 29, 16 have to do with money. In the Gospels of Mark, in the Gospels of Luke, in the Gospels of Matthew, every six verse has to do with money. And I have colleagues who run with that one and can make treasures out of poppers. But Jesus was aware 
that the biggest competitor that he had for the souls of men and women in the society in which he lived, and even today in today's society, is not other gods. It's money. It was the love of money is the biggest competitor that God has in the first century and that God has in the 21st century. You see, because it's the love of money that provides great distractions in our lives. It provides for distortions and it provides for distancing. And let me just briefly go over those three Ds. If you have money, you can provide distractions, right? Right? You can provide that trip in the moment. Oh, let's go to Paris overnight. And you don't think about it. Actually, if your luggage is lost, you get very angry. You can provide for distractions in movies, in televisions, in all sorts of games that are children, in reading books that have nothing to do with reality and will never contribute anything to us or to our family. So that's distraction. We can buy distractions from God. We can also buy distortion because then we tend to believe that we can take care of it. You know that in a middle-class neighborhood, a middle to upper middle-class neighborhood, the need for God is very small. Because they are self-reliant. They can take care of their health issues. They can take care of their financial issues. They have a self-perception, a self-lie that we can rely on ourselves until the recession of 2008. So not only does the love of money create distractions and can create a distortion of who we are and whom do we depend from, but it also creates distancing. I, I, I know of a family in Miami that I grew up knowing them. Every time I went to Miami for my summers and hung out with my aunts and uncles, they were the friends of my aunt and uncle. Actually, they went to college together with this aunt of mine. He became the husband of my aunt. His, uh, uh, his best friend, they became both business owners, very successful business owners in Miami. And every year they would have their Christmas party like every company does. It came in my life and in their life that we just started living our own lives and busy with our kids that we only would see each other on holidays. You know how that goes. And obviously in his company party, because he paid. And we were part of the family, so we were automatically invited. But I saw through a process of several years how he would begin his company speech the day of the party, thanking God for everything God has given them. But then one day, one Christmas... I heard my uncle's friend and business partner say, let us thank ourselves for everything that we did this year and never mentioned God. His success created distancing from God. He did not need God. But Jesus not only spoke about generosity with money, but Jesus spoke about generosity with every aspect of life. You see, this is the Jesus that is the giver and not a taker. It is Jesus' spiritual DNA, his DNA that to, to be a giver, to be a giver, to be a giver all the way to the end. 
You see, he came to make it possible for us to enter the kingdom of God. He came to make it possible to give us ways to live in the kingdom of God. Not only that, but he made it possible that we are inheriting the kingdom of God. And that's where we're supposed to be moving and living and have our existence in the kingdom, the realm of God, not in this other world and their, their perspectives of giving and generosity. This is the Jesus that made it possible for all of us to have life and life in abundance. You see, Jesus spoke about generosity as he gave food and shelter to over 20,000 people. Oh, the Bible only says 5,000 men. But it happened twice, and he only counted the men. So if we have 9,000 men in two incidents, 5,000 and 4,000, count the women and the children. Include them. And how many you got? Probably over 20,000 people ate, but due to the generosity of Jesus, as Jesus spoke in generosity. Jesus spoke in generosity when he healed the blind, when he healed the lame, when he healed the demonic and freed him from every slavery of mind slavery and spiritual slavery. He was generous when he was actually speaking wisdom and lights and, and words of light to the lost sheep of Israel and to those who didn't even belong to the house of Israel. In our text, Jesus speaks of radical generosity when he tells us to love our enemies. Who? Love our enemies and do good to them. That is also generosity. It's not writing the check. It's getting out of our comfort zones. It's going out and speaking to that person whom we have not liked for a long time. Speaking to myself now, oh boy. And then having to also deal with that issue and bring harmony between you and that person. That is generosity in the spirit. That is generosity living in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is the one who also, in our text says, lend without expecting to get it paid back if our banks did that. But the gospel is not asking the banks to do that. The gospel is asking you to do it. Lend without expecting anything back. That is generosity. That is detaching yourself from your ego. That is detaching yourself from potential distraction, distortion, and distancing from God. He also says to be compassionate. To whom? Those people deserve what they get. Jesus is asking us to be compassionate. Jesus is also asking us not to judge. Not to judge, but love. Don't condemn. And then in Jesus' generosity is to forgive. Offer forgiveness freely. Don't stay demanding, I am waiting for an apology. Guess what, what happens? Because the other person is probably saying the same thing. I'm waiting for an apology. And it's not going to happen. Especially now that we're going to come together a few weeks from now in Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh. We have all the family drama. I'm already curtailing in mine. But Jesus was cut out with the same DNA that the Father, because Jesus and the Father are one. So Jesus, we find that he's a giver and not a taker. Now let me bring it all, and Jesus brings it all together in this text in verse 38. He says, give and you will receive. Now what is he talking about here? What is he talking about giving? Is it money? Mm -mm. He hasn't mentioned money at all in the verses that we spoke. Give love, give kindness, offer forgiveness, be one who restores, don't judge, don't condemn, help, land without expecting, 
Give and you will receive. Now you're understanding? Your gift will return to you in full. Oh, yes, by the way, it does apply also to financial gifts. Because Jesus is teaching us right now that he is a giver and not a taker also. That Jesus gave of himself. That Jesus spent himself. That's a word I learned lately in Old English, how you spent yourself in a career, in a particular vision, with a particular purpose. That is what Jesus did. Jesus spent himself. Jesus did not live a life of giving. Jesus' life was a gift. So Jesus spoke about generosity to all, including the Samaritan, including the Roman centurion, including the publican. So what good it is if we only are good to people of light of hope? What credit is that? What does that do? Nothing. But reach out. You see, God's generosity is placed in such a way that it's supposed to spill over in us. And once it's spilled in us, it actually goes beyond our laps, as the text says, and it should spread out into our communities, into our neighbors, into our loved ones, into the ones that we don't love. Because it is better to give than to receive. And this kind of generosity that Jesus is giving is radical, it's extravagant. This generosity is abundant, it's unrestrained, it's outrageous, it is exorbitant. But guess what? It is the God kind of generosity. It doesn't make sense to our human tendency to give in such a way. But Jesus gave it all. Jesus gave it all to the point that he gave his life for you and for me. Jesus was a giver. Jesus was not a taker. Even as he gave his life, He gives it to us because it is in him that we have our being, that we have our existence. It is in him that we live and we move. So as the father sent Jesus in fullness of generosity, Jesus said, so I send all of you. Be generous in a world that doesn't expect generosity. Be generous to a world that expects something back. When you give them something, what's in it for me? That is what Jesus is expecting of us. After all, the whole idea of generosity, you know what it is? The whole point of generosity, you know what it is? Is to be free. The whole point of generosity is to be freeing the kingdom of God. But that's for next week. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your beauty. We thank you for the ways in which you speak to us, in which the ways in which you encourage us, the way in which you're so generous that you give and you give and you give. Even when we are unthankful, you give. Even when we don't realize that you're giving, you give. Even when we are nasty to others, you give. Even when we are not kind, you give. Even when we aren't forgiven, you give. Oh, may we become givers also and not takers. May we become like you, Jesus, who did not give in life, but who lived the life of giving.
and gave of himself all the way to the grave. And therefore, God the Father raised him and gave him a name above all other names. Then in the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess that he is Lord of all. Through Christ, our giver, we thank you. Amen.